0: Dulce by Chantal Placido. Narrated by Chantal Placido. Gino slipped the tank top over his head and tucked it into his dress pants, which were recently hemmed to his length. He wound the belt around himself until it was tight, but it was still too long that it hung down to his knees. Like the pants, it was his brother Martins, who was twice his size and height. He was tired of wearing his secondhand clothes. There was never enough money, so his parents made sure that Martine had good clothes. They were expecting him to get a good job and a good girl to marry after his 18th birthday. As for Gino, they were just expecting him to stay out of trouble, which wasn't hard because he was practically invisible. When he was ready, he waited in the living room. The baseball game was on, and even though he had the urge to change the channel, he didn't. If his father and brother missed the semifinals, he'd never hear the end of it. He flipped through his comic book for the third time. He wished he had a new one. Hey, Dad, he called out from the side door. Do you think I could get some money? His dad stuck his head out from behind the hood of the Corolla. For what? A comic book? He scoffed. Absolutely not. Martin came out of his room. He looked exactly how Gino thought he would. His great button down actually fit. The sleeves were rolled up to the elbows so that he could show off his thick hairy forearms. At 17, Martín appeared much older. Even the cashier at the market who's married would flirt with him. Where's mom? Gino asked. Martine shrugged, adjusting the waistband of his slacks. Pa, can we get money for beer? Wanna take some up to the party? The dad stopped tinkering with the car dug inside his pocket and handed Martin 10 pesos. Gino's mouth fell open. Seriously? Hey, don't get smart with me, his father said. Los Tigres just scored, my dean shouted, ignoring them. They still have three innings, his father said. Yeah, but they're ahead. Manolo just has to strike out the others and they'll win. Don't be too sure. This was just like his father, a skeptic. Like with the old Corolla, for instance. He'd rather fix it himself than take it to a mechanic because he couldn't be sure that they wouldn't mess up another part and then he'd have to go back for more repairs. The phone rang. Martin went inside and answered. Sinabuela? Yeah, okay. He hung up. we will be here in five. Gina went to his mother's room and knocked on the door. Ma, you ready? The door opened. Her face fell. Oh, I thought you were your father, she said. She was still in her polka dot nightgown. Mascara had smudged under her eyes, making her look like a skeleton. You guys can go on without me. Gino frowned. What's wrong? Ugh, it's this headache again. You and your brother will be fine. Just say hi to your tia and Theo for me, and wish to you a happy birthday. Don't forget the gift on the dining table. He couldn't say he was surprised. His mother always found an excuse to avoid family gatherings. Gino suspected it was because she and his father got into it again, or because she had been drinking. As he was about to walk away, she opened the door again. Oh, and Papi, what is up with your hair? Gino touched his head. What's wrong with it? She twisted her lips and scrunched her eyebrows like she was assessing it, but really, she was just trying to choose her words carefully. Maybe add gel? Um, okay. She smiled and shut the door. He walked over to the mirror in the hallway and observed his hair. It did look dry and puffy. What happened? You look like a wet rat, my thing said moments later, standing at the front door, drinking a Coke. Nothing, Gino said irritably. Let's go. Wait, where's Mom? She's not coming. He snatched a shiny gift back from the table. A couple of gnats flew away and back onto the rotting bananas in the decorative bowl. A honk came from across the street. Their grandpa, Willie waved from behind the window. The road up to the campo was bumpy. They had small talk, which was mostly their grandmother asking them about their lives. Are they behaving at school? Do they have girlfriends? Gino spoke as little as possible. He learned that if his answers were close-ended, he'd get less questions and thing would simply take over. Then he tuned them out by counting in his head the number of horses and cows he'd seen on the way. When they got to their cousin's house, they parked on the side of the road. The sun was setting and the air was cool. Jito looked at his reflection in the car window. He sucked his teeth. His hair had dried up, but one side was still frizzy, making it look uneven. He palmed it down until it looked less awkward, then caught up to everyone at the house where merengue could be heard coming from the backyard. Gino hated family gatherings. Even though everyone was always welcoming with their big smiles and tight hugs, they always had something critical to say. They had convinced themselves it was all out of love but that's not how it felt for Gino. He always felt like the butt of a joke. Even worse, perhaps, was when he felt invisible. theme was always the center of attention. Their ambronita greeted them in her kitchen. She looked them over, praising each for how much they would grown wow martin you look taller than your father must be the sanchez jeans she said a woman they didn't recognize with the hair the shape of a helmet made a noise in agreement mm-hmm. wouldn't we had like one of those our age she said before taking another drink from her beer martin smiled politely gino felt himself gag a little bonita took jesania's present and it on the table with the other gifts she offered them drinks Martin took a beer, but Gino never liked the taste, so he declined. And from there, they walked to the backyard, where the rest of the guests were under a large tent. Gino greeted the relatives he knew and politely shook the hands of those he didn't recognize. Of course, Dio Hector already had something to say about the way he looked. The bell raps around him three times, look! Everyone at the table laughed, even Martin. <laughs> Gino tried to smile, but all he wanted to do was go back home. He spent most of the evening sitting at a table with his abuelos. His grandpa drank rum and sang off key to bachata while his grandmother criticized the questionable attire of some of Desenia's friends. For a second, Gino considered ignoring the bitter taste of beer and grabbing a bottle from the cooler. Anything to pass the time. Desenia spun around at the center of the tent with a guy he didn't know while her friends and a couple of their cousins crowded around her cheering. Her dress was modest for people who lived in the countryside of Puerto Plata. Why don't you join them? His grandmother asked. Dino stopped working the leftovers of his dulce de leche. You need to be around kiss your age. It's not that he didn't want to. He'd give anything not to be at this table. Is that around these kinds of kids, most of the time he ended up fitting into the wallpaper. They simply did not care to listen to him, and the girls, well, they were just too scary to talk to. But his brother was determined to make him overcome that. He came over and pulled him by the elbow. Come on, come and dance with Ruby. Gino tried to walk as fast as theme did but it was more like getting dragged. He stopped him right in front of a girl who looked none too pleased that he was there. Her face twisted like she had smelled something bad. Gino straightened his shirt and forced a smile. This is your brother? Yeah, and he wants to dance with you. She exchanged words with her friend who was waiting for my theme to dance with her. Gino felt like the biggest idiot. He thought about walking away, but Ruby put her hand on his shoulder and took his other hand in hers. They danced a little, Gino being careful not to step on her feet or hold her too low. He counted his head. One, two, three, hop. She snatched her hand out of his. Sorry, I need to use the bathroom, she said, before snaking between the other guests and disappearing. Gino's cheeks flushed. He walked over to the cooler where he pulled the Presidente. He popped the cap off. Stuck the bottle right on his lips and chugged. He grimaced. I hate beer too, someone said. Dino looked up. A young woman with big brown eyes stood at the edge of the tent. She smiled, brushing some of her curls behind her ear. Dino looked back. Surely she was talking to someone else. Maybe my Martin was standing behind him? Hi, she said. Hi, he replied. You don't usually drink, do you? she asked, stepping around the table to his side. He shook his head. Thought it helped me pass the time. Why don't you dance? she asked. She swayed a little. The silk dress snug against her curves. He thought about how his dumb uncles would have probably called her fat, the way they call him stick. Uh, no way, he said. Why? You can't come to a party and not dance. Well, why aren't you dancing? he asked. She shrugged. Maybe I'm waiting for you to ask me. Me? She nodded. Why are you too good for dancing? He shook his head. I'm Gino. He stuck his hand out to her. Dulce. She shook it. Gino liked the softness of her skin. He set down the beer and led the way to the dance floor, his heart pounding in his ears. He felt like the whole room was staring at them. He held her waist and hand gently blushing as he did. <laughs> so down a little, she said. Get the rhythm of it first. Gino's ears grew hot. He slowed his pace. That's right, see? Yeah, I'm sure everyone can see how bad I'm doing, he said. Who cares what the people think? There are no rules to dancing. See her? She nodded towards the helmet hair <laughs> lady who was dancing with my theme. She keeps missing the beat, but she's having fun. She spun him around. They fell back into the one, two, three, hot rhythm of bachata. getting the hang of it, Gino spun Dulce around this time, with ease. The sweet scent of her rosy perfume hitting his nostrils. He wouldn't admit it out loud, but he was enjoying himself. They danced for two more songs before they decided to break for drinks. Gino served them each a Coke. This is wonderful, Dulce said, catching her breath. Gino smiled feeling three inches taller than he did when he came to the party. I wish my sister would have come. I know she would have had so much fun if she just let herself. Gino swallowed. Why didn't she come? She prefers to stay home and help with chores. Gino could relate. Minus the chores. My brother loves these kinds of things. He nodded towards my team, who was talking to Helmet Head. suddenly looked like she was coming to a realization. I need to go. Really? She nodded, putting the plastic cup down on the table. Wait, can I at least walk you to your car? Oh, I just live away from here. Then I'll walk you home. She smiled and nodded. As they crossed the tent to leave, Gino stopped to tell Martine he would be back. You met someone? Here? Wow, good for you, he said. Gino frowned. What is that supposed to mean? (laughs) Just go walk her home. He said, patting him hard on the back, returning his attention to the girls hanging out by the cooler. (laughs) The night was cool and breezy. The moon was a crack in the sky. They could barely see their way, but Gino trusted Dulce to know where she was going. So, is, like, your dad waiting for you or something? Gino said, chuckling. He's always waiting. She took her shoes off and continued to walk. Sounds like my dad. He's pretty strict, but that's because he doesn't trust people. Well, I think we all need to trust in someone, even at the risk of getting hurt. He nodded. He didn't want to admit to her that he had a hard time trusting people, too. Thanks for tonight, he said. These parties usually aren't my thing. Why? I just feel like an outsider, and I'm tired of being my thing's shadow. Then don't be. Gino slipped over a muddy patch of land. He was sure his shoes were done for now. But maybe this meant he could get a new pair. But he stepped in it again. You really know how to be yourself, he said. Well, who else would I be? They wove through a cluster of trees until the silhouette of a small house appeared in the distance. When they got closer, Gina could see that the house was similar to his aunt's in that it was decrepit. The curtains were drawn shut and all the lights were off except for a single lantern on the crooked porch. Luzes stopped in front of the steps. You know, Gino, there's no requisite for being alive. You simply are. Everything else is just noise. So stop thinking about what other people think about you. Gino felt a weight lift off his shoulders. You're right. He stared into her eyes. Feeling a sense of confidence he never felt, he pressed his lips against hers. Buenas noches, he breathed. Buenas noches, she whispered back. She climbed up the porch, the back of her dress swinging against her calves. She dropped her white dress shoes by the door. Can I see you tomorrow? he asked before leaving. She shrugged, then stuck her chin up towards the sky. He looked up to see the bright crescent moon. When he looked down, Lucy was gone. The lantern's fire was out. The walk back to his cousin's house was not as smooth as it was with Dusseg guiding the way. His heart pounded hard against his chest and every noise he heard made him jump. It was only when he heard the music that he finally inhaled and exhaled with a full breath. The party went on until three in the morning. Grandpa was too drunk and frankly too old to be driving home at this time. So Gino and Martine piled onto the living room floor with their cousins. He couldn't sleep thinking about Luce's sweet scent. From the window, he watched the clouds glide across the sky. The next morning, when everyone had gotten up for breakfast, he slipped out quietly and followed the footprints of Luce's house. He found it curious, though, that it seemed like only his shoes had made a mark. Luce must have moved too quickly to leave prints, he thought. When he reached the house, it was quiet. However, the curtains were apart, and the door was open, but came from inside. He knocked a few times, then again, but much louder in case he didn't hear. Moments later, a short man with a heavy mustache and a balding head came to the door in his unbuttoned dress shirt the way old men did in the hot Caribbean. Buenos dias, caballero. Buenos dias. Is Dulce home? Gino cut to the chase. The man squinted. Dulce? Um, yes. Well, I don't know how to say this, but Dulce is gone. Oh, I can wait. No, I mean, she passed away. There was a long pause. Gino felt his heart drop to his navel. She's dead? The man nodded. For several years now. 1975. Dino felt his head spin the way it did when he got up fast from his bed in the mornings. How do you know her? The man asked. Uh, met at a party. Mm. You look quite young to have met her, he said, studying him. We have a lantern, the man continued, and a pair of shoes out on the anniversary of her death. It's a tradition. He pulled nervously at the bottom of his shirt. We were waiting for her that night. He set his gaze towards the mountains. Well, I have a feeling she's still with you, he said. The man smiled, his eyes welling with tears. Gino, he stuck his hand out. Silverio, he said, and shook it firmly. The ride back to town was quiet. His grandmother drove this time while his grandpa slept in the passenger seat. Martin traced a circle on his hand. Upon a closer look, Gino could make out a print of lipstick. Martin looked up, then smiled. What a night, he said. Gino nodded. Definitely. He looked out of the window and began to count the cows and the horses. Every so often, the memory of Dulce dancing interrupted, and he'd have to start all over again. The end. Dulce is a short story written by Chantal Placido. Audio reading was produced by Chantal Placido. Sound effects and music can be found on YouTube Audio Library. Additional sound effects can be found on zapsplat.com. To learn more about the author, visit Chantalwrights.com. Thank you so much for listening.